salvation. Unless you are circumcised according to the practice of Moses, you cannot be saved. Salvation. You know, it's a term that we, we, we throw around an awful lot. What does it mean to be saved? And, and what does it take to be saved? So I want to take a little peek at that today as to where it was and where it is. Uh, the, the, the definition in, 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 in the, the, the dictionary says that to be saved in the sacred sense means to be delivered from, from sin and its consequences. Well, we know the consequences of sin. It's to be, well, the wages of sin is death. And why? Because sin is basically being separated from, cut off from. We cut ourselves off from the divine source. If we are not attached to the divine, then it's death. No, but if, if that's sin, then what delivers us from sin? Uh, salvation, to be saved, means to be delivered from sin. And the consequences of, of that, and, and, and the way we do that is by, well, St. Paul says it clearly, by faith. By faith in Jesus Christ. And when we have that kind of deep and profound faith, then we are set free. So what does it take to be saved? Uh, we, most of us, grew up as 1950s Catholics, and we knew exactly at that point what it meant to be saved. You went to church on Sunday. You never missed a Sunday. You missed a Sunday, it's a mortal sin. You're going to hell. You didn't eat meat on Friday, because if you ate meat on Friday, that was a mortal sin, and you were going to hell. Going to hell on a beef jerky wrap is not fun. And... If you really wanted to be sure, you made your first Fridays. And you were pretty convinced that all would be well. Why? That was a law. We were following the law. It's, it's a wonderful way to begin. Not the best way possibly to finish. St. Paul says clearly, as good as the law is, it's the babysitter, it's the boxing ring, it's where we begin, it's the boundaries but the law cannot save. Well, that's exactly what's going on in, in the time of Jesus with the Jewish people. It's the law. As a matter of fact, their great pride was the fact that they were the people of the law. What other great nation has the law like we have that God has given to us? These Ten Commandments, you follow the commandments, you will be saved. And, and of the commandments, of the rules, there were some that you just didn't break. We didn't eat meat on Friday. They never touched pork. The Maccabees were willing to die because they will not ever break that law of God. And the piece de resistance of the law was the circumcision. It came from the Abrahamic covenant between God. And, and, and symbolically what it was saying is that, that the human seed of power, especially in a patriarchal system, is now going to be circumcised. The seed of control, the seed of creation, is now going to be circumvented and circumcised and subordinate to a greater power, the power of God. So for a, a Jew of Jesus' time, this is very serious stuff. As a matter of fact, one of the, the greatest insults you can give to anybody was to call them a... a Arelim, 
Arelim simply in Hebrew means the uncircumcised. So they were the Arelim Philistines, the uncircumcised Philistines, the lowest of the low. And then came Jesus. And then came Jesus. And everything changed. You know, we, we know and we heard him say very clearly that he was not going to change one jot, one tittle of the law. The law is not going to be abrogated, but it's going to be transcended. You know, when we look at Jesus, he does look like he's antinomian. When we look at Jesus, it does look like he, well, he breaks the law every Sabbath when he cures. But he's not breaking the law. He's transcending the law. He's taking care of a greater need, and that is the need that is based in the greatest reality of all, and the greatest reality of all is his Father, who is love. And so the, the external law, Jesus is now going to place inside, internal. Oh, you've heard it say, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, and what does he do? He's transcending the external and saying, it comes inside of the heart. Just as all the evils, he say, comes from deep inside the heart, so too, for those who dig deep enough, will find the divine law of love in God in their heart, and they are to work upon it. And so what he is saying is that we do not need to be circumcised. Rend your hearts, not your not your garments. This uh, brings us to the gospel today. He says, whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love them and will come to them and dwell in them. Brother John Powell, the Jesuit, used to say that happiness is an inside job. There is nothing external that can take away our happiness. There are no outer circumstances. If the dwelling of the divine, if the dwelling of love dwells in our hearts, we've got it made. The external keeping of the law has now become the internal reality where we look out at the world through the eyes of love. Actually, we look at the world through the eyes of the divine. We look at the world through the eyes of the Christ. If we dare to believe that we are another Christ, that we are the body of Christ in space and time, then we get to see the world through those eyes if we are willing to go deep enough to discover what is inside of us. I have told you all this while I am with you. Now the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have told you. This brings us back to the first reading. Uh, to St. Paul. And he and Barnabas are teaching the Jewish converts to the way. It's not named Christianity yet, but they are basically Jewish Christians. He's also speaking to a whole different group of people. They are the Gentiles. They are the outsiders. Those are the uncircumcised Philistines. And, of course, those who follow the jot and tittle of every law who now have been Wow, they've had this Holy Spirit come down upon them. Can't undo what they felt gives them their identity. One of the wonderful things about that law, we as Catholics who didn't eat meat on Friday can 
I can always remember going to school and unwrapping my peppers and egg sandwich and the little Protestant kid opening his bologna sandwich and I was different. Of course, in my mind, I was better. I followed the law. And so the Jews of Jesus' time proclaim, unless you are circumcised, according to the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now the next sentence is a killer. This caused no little dissension. It was a riot. And right now there is a great deal of strife in our own church. Right now, the American bishops, our Holy Fathers, sometimes seem absolutely at loggerheads. Yet this is nothing new. What, 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 what is going on right now is, the, is those who feel in their very bones that circumcision is, is, is never to be let go of. We've always done it this way. This is the way that it needs to be done. And so we find these two camps, the left and the right, the in and the out, the Gentiles and the Jewish converts, and there doesn't seem to be much of a solution. So, so what they do is they send Paul and Barnabas and then they send some of the elders up to Jerusalem. It's kind of really like the first council, the council of Jerusalem. It's the first ecumenical council because it's now going to affect literally the whole world, not just the Jews, it's going to affect everybody. And they, the whole middle section isn't, wasn't read this morning, but boy, the whole middle section is all kinds of, of back and forth and arguments going on. And, of course, the ultimate argument that Paul and Barnabas give to the, to the apostles and to the elders in Jerusalem is, is this. We saw the Gentiles doing what we do and having what we have. And what do we have? We have the Spirit of God. We have the very stuff of God. We see through the eyes of Christ. It is now inside of us, and we saw it inside of them, and they are uncircumcised. This is a real bitter pill for the Judaizers to swallow. It is always a bitter pill when Jesus, who is always widening our horizons in making everything more inclusive, changes we who think that we have the exclusive truth and hold on God. And so they, 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 they come back. Uh, and, and, and it is what's, what's really counting is, is, uh, is that it's not the circumcision, it's the tattoo in the heart. And so... So they come back with this mandate. It's really interesting. Uh, some uh, have disturbed your peace, your peace of mind. And we do not wish to disturb your peace. And then I like this. It is the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us not to place on you any burden beyond the necessities. It is the very stuff of God that, that we have come through, we have wrestled with, and we need the whole purpose of the synodality that our Holy Father is just going great guns with right now. It's high to tell us to listen to each other, to get out of our dualistic minds of who is right and who is wrong, who is in and who is out, and hear the Spirit of the Divine, which all of us seek, 
speak. So it's the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us that you not be disturbed except for some necessities. And then they talk about unlawful marriages and they talk about the sacrifice to idols. And, and uh, if you're Polish, no kishka, you can't have any blood soup. But, but outside of that, you don't have to get rid of the circum. You don't have to be circumcised. So how do you know if you are saved? It's not a matter of reciting a formula. You know, our evangelical friends have told me since I was a little boy, I'm not saved until I recite the formula. And of course, that formula comes from St. Paul when he tells us, unless you uh, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess your sins, then, then you cannot be saved. So you've got to say those words. Well, those are really good words. They really are. But the words do not save. Now, what saves is the reality and the deep dive of faith into daring to believe that we are being held by one much better than ourselves. It's not a matter of reciting a formula, formula, but of experiencing, how do you know you're saved? But experiencing the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, if the, if the divine Spirit is in us, then, then this should be the fruit. St. Paul says them in Galatians, love. Well, if God is love and we find ourselves loving even those we disagree with, joy, no matter what the external circumstances are, nothing can take away our joy. Patience, it's a long distance race. It's not a sprint. Kindness, we are living in a very unkind world today. We are called to reflect the kindness of God the patience of God, the goodness of God, the self-control of God, the faithfulness, and, and, and peace. Jesus said when he gave us his spirit, when he gave us the advocate, he also gave us his peace. Peace in a world of incredible conflict. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. The world can't give us that peace because it's not external. It's not the absence of war. It's internal. That no matter what is going on externally, we have the Christ. That's salvation. No storm can shake my inmost calm. While to that rock I'm clinging, since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing?